Welcome to Solo But Not Alone. I'm Alice Carlton, founder of True Intent, professional coach and change agent. I'm here at Smile Radio here in New York City. I will be speaking with early stage solo and creative entrepreneurs, finding out how they got started, what it's been like to get something off the ground, lessons, insights, relationships that have made the difference, and really getting to know my guests' stories. My guest is Piero Cheche, co-founder and CEO of Class & Co. Class & Co is a New York-based, multi-location, co-working space that features open space for entrepreneurs and professionals, as well as event space and classrooms. In my conversation with Piero, we'll be talking about Piero's upbringing, his relationship with his parents, the impact on who he is as a person, as a professional, and as an entrepreneur. Piero will also be sharing about his relationship with his co-founder, Andy Tokaj, the importance of life-work balance, the risks and the decisions early on when getting a new business off the ground. Really looking forward to our conversation. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself, Hero, and let's go from there. With absolute pleasure. Hi, everyone. I'm, uh, as Alice mentioned, my name is Piero. I am the co-founder of uh, Class & Co., it's a co-working space uh, with a heavy emphasis on classes and events in Brooklyn. And we've been around since November 2018. There's plenty of work to be done uh, going forward, but we're in a good place to, uh, to do well. Wonderful. I'd love to hear first about your story, going back wherever you'd like to start. So I think the theme here, if I may, is relationships, obviously. And my parents are the biggest morphing element in my career decisions, business decisions, and who I am as a person, personality-wise. So my story, it's really their story that continues through me. So both of them, uh, let me preface it by saying completely different personalities, but that difference has created balance in my life. So my father uh, is very risk-loving he is a serial entrepreneur. He just loves risking. Uh, he would always say, uh, act first, think later. While you're thinking, somebody else is acting. So at a young age, I was completely desensitized of the fear of starting something, of risking, of, of doing things. Luckily, my mom was the complete opposite. She's like, no, 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 no. Make sure that the step you're taking is the correct one then make it. Uh, so very risk averse. So I always had an angel and a devil on my shoulder saying risk or don't risk throughout life. One thing that they did very well in raising me and my little sisters, they knew what each one was good at and the other would not step in. My mom would always tell me, hey, you have to be good at school. You have to be the best. You, 99 is not good enough. You have to be an A student, physics, math. I was the president of the physics club super academically inclined. My dad would never tell me study or read a book. I was already doing that. He would worry on the other side, be social, go out, play soccer, uh, you know, like get out there, go out with your friends. So because the two of them, I am who I am today. I was the captain of the soccer team and also the president of the physics club. My father would always tell me stories about, he was in the construction business with my uncle um, I have another uncle who started an advertising company. Uh, this is in my home country of Albania. I never thought of starting a business as sort of this outlier 
weird thing people do. I th that was the norm. Some people had jobs, some people had businesses. But my mom would step in and say, before you get too carried away, remember, the business could fail. So what do you have to fall back on? So before I could make this leap, this starting uh, class and co, uh, I had to put my ducks in order. Okay. So I graduated uh, in 05 uh, from high school and in 09 from uh, college uh, with a finance degree and a mathematics minor. And I, I thought I was going to be a quant. A quant is someone in the financial field that prices difficult financial assets. That, that's what my original inclination was. But quickly, because of the financial meltdown, I could not find work in that, in that sphere, okay. nor did I want to really be in that field. Prior to graduating from college, I had worked in wealth management at UBS and Merrill Lynch, and I saw firsthand how when profit and money is the only motivator, it is hard to also be a good person. So I quickly became disillusioned by the banking world, by this idea of winning at all costs, by bending the rules. So I was looking, I was a bit lost at that point. Luckily for me, Columbia University came calling and they said, hey, we have a nonprofit. We would love to use your skill set to run this nonprofit financially, the financial side. And they said, if you stay with us long enough, we will give you a free master's. So I signed on to Columbia. And uh, I stayed with them for five years. I got my master's two years ago. And as I was about to finish, I knew it was time for something that I really wanted to do, which was start a business. Before graduating, I told myself, you have to take two or three classes that are entrepreneurial in nature. And one class which left a massive, massive imprint in my mind, a class called, I believe the name was Launching Your Own Venture. The class was fantastic because you had one semester to go from idea into at least a minimally viable product in six months. And you force yourself through these deadlines to have an answer. Market validation, partners, um, what's your marketing strategy? What's your demographic, who you're going after? And I remember the best part was she pulled me aside, uh, um, Dr. Professor Gosher, and she said, what I've learned is the following. Fail often, but fail cheaply. In other words, how can we possibly fail as many times as possible without investing time and money so that we know that that path is the wrong path? I love that because it's a little different. There's different variations on that statement. I haven't heard that exact statement. It's great. Let's talk a little bit about what led you to starting your business. As a child, I loved, and I still do, I just, you know, I'm an adult now, I loved building with Lego. Lego was a huge, huge part of my life. My parents would buy me these sets of Lego, Lego bricks. Uh, I would build it once, immediately break it, and never follow directions again. I need to do something that is mine. Lego for me was fluidity. It was very fluid, very dynamic. What you build today, you break it, you build something else tomorrow. It wasn't rigid. So I was little by little conditioning myself to think about chaos as the only uh, sort of reality. Things will not go right. Things will go wrong. Go back to work, work at it. So at a young age, I knew that I wanted to start something. 
all this creativity was just innate in, in my in me like i just loved being creative sadly or not sadly i don't do well with authority i don't like following direction unless it comes from such an authority on the matter that i respect that mentor or that person that i'm like you know what let me put my ego aside because this person knows way more than me so as you can imagine if you're very inquisitive and creative and ask why 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 you make a bad employee can we do it this way like no it's been done this way for five years this is how you're gonna do it i need it tomorrow but why bad employee so i knew that i wanted to start a business now my father full credit to him warned me through stories what not to do in business so he told me be very careful when you borrow money because there is a time you have to pay that money back i knew that that is a fly in your brain that is not allowing you to think clearly so i knew that debt i cannot have so that is the backstory now Klasenko, maybe two years ago the the seed of Klasenko was the following i wanted to change education change the social element of education and go beyond the classroom so i thought how cool would it be to have a venue that can morph into whatever the subject matter was what if an area turned from salsa learning to coding to martial arts to a music venue to stand-up comedy at night all under one roof that was the idea uh, of course i cleaned it up a little bit i filtered it a bit you know i put it through some some tests and it was kind of together another lesson my dad uh gave me very important in picking partners okay oftentimes when you do a business an enterprise you have to pick partners you loop your money together and then you start an enterprise uh, long story short i was playing soccer i've been playing soccer all of my life uh, during some of these years, Andy, my current uh, business partner and co-founder of Class & Co., he uh, became the president of the club that I was playing for. So that's where we met, and he took a liking uh, into me because I was a decent player, but he, I guess he saw something in me that he wanted to invest. Fast forward uh, eight years later, we were friends throughout, of course. Uh, we played more soccer together, and there's something very formative when you play a sport with someone when you suffer together, when you win together, when you lose together, you see someone's character. How does this person perform under stress? How do they handle the pressure? How do they handle obstacles? All these things, the, the soccer or any sport for that matter will show you if you play long enough. He pulled me aside and said, hey, I have saved some money. I put some money aside and I, wanted to, I want you to invest it for me. I know you have a background in wealth management. You understand financial markets well. I trust you with my money. I, you know, I know you can give me a decent return, but I am completely open to the idea of being a bit more out there and maybe buying a business and fixing it. I said, that's a great idea. Or here's my other idea. Before Classic had a name, you know, that was the, the idea. And he loved it. He's like, I love the idea of having a physical venue where professionals come and learn. And they, there's panel discussions and there's like, talks and there's networking and people grow educationally through a multitude of ways however we quickly realized that there was a big problem all this would be amazing from 6 p.m to like 9 10 p.m because people were working 9 to 5 so what happens in the morning from 9 to 5 we're a co-working space and then from 
five onwards, we're an, an event space, meaning classes, workshops, conferences, all these things. Of course, there's co-working that happens at night all the time, and there's classes in the morning. Now it's all modular, depends what the day's recipe calls for, but that's the idea. One space where you can have all your uh, educational needs taken care of and your working needs taken care of. I love it. So I'd love to hear more about this relationship. Once you had that conversation, how has that been? Basically, if this were a marriage, like a like a like an actual marriage, it would be one of the healthiest marriages ever. And not only do we complement each other, he is much more hands-on and more strategic, but we both need each other because sometimes you need one more than the other. But also just to have someone to bounce ideas off, it has been amazing. To have a mentor, he's uh, eight years older than me, so to have a mentor that has been doing business for 10, 11 years more than me, so he knows, and to have that voice that says, hey, don't stress, don't worry, go to sleep, the problems will still be here tomorrow. So to any young entrepreneur who is thinking of doing it alone, find somebody. So I'd love to hear more because there's different perspectives on that, right? 100%. So I'd love to hear about what are some of those best practices that you and Andy have found are making the difference. So if you don't have someone there and you feel by yourself, little by little you start thinking that you're always right because there's no one there to challenge that thought. Let somebody challenge you. If you're going to do this alone, fine, but hire someone right away. Hire a voice of reason just to have a second opinion, to validate your thoughts, to give you another perspective, to bring in a set of skills that you need. Now, why does, why does this relationship work? We are not stubborn and we certainly admit being wrong. And if the other knows more about something, the other one shuts up and then the other person takes over. One thing that my dad taught me in a business, he said, you cannot have two people with equal say because over time there will be problems. So with Andy, we sat down and we figured that because I was running the company, because I know it intimately, if I really believe strongly about something, then he will have to defer to 5149, if you will. Ethically, is like, fine, you're in charge. If this is how you strongly feel, we'll do it your way, even if I disagree. Uh, and this is also advice for anyone who's starting a business. At the beginning of Classico, this is in October, November, I would get very stressed. I would take everything personal. I would think, why is Classico not growing fast enough? Why don't we have the clicks we need from the Google ads? And he would say to me, stop worrying. Chaos is the status quo. Things will go wrong. And he told me this very important lesson. He said, at night, when you go to sleep, do your to-do list for the next day. Sure. Step one, I'm going to do this. Step two, step three, step four. Prioritize. Sure. Tomorrow morning will happen. I guarantee you, at best, you'll get through the first thing. You'll not get through the second. Why? Because life happens. Since... Class and Co. launched. What are some of the things that have surprised you the most about sort of what the business is telling you? So, first of all, if you're stubborn, if you are one of those people who have the audacity to think that the business that you started with is the business that you end with, are always going to fail. Because you must pivot almost daily. You start out one way, and the market tells you which direction to go. I've been giving this a lot of thought to and this idea of on one hand having a really strong vision and at the same time how that mission actually looks in action. 
It's not that it's untethered, but that it's not stubborn and narrow. You must have a destination. You must know where the company is going. But to think that you have all the answers, it's, it's incredibly naive. Life, life happens. Would you be willing to share an example of something that you, you know, starting out would have thought, oh yeah, this is the of house course. look? I'll tell you. We started Class & Co thinking that the event space was mainly going to be used for classrooms. We thought if we were to quantify the revenue coming from the event side, not the co-working side, was going to be probably 80% classrooms. Not true at all. At the beginning, we did not know this, but there's a huge market for photography, for example, which we did not anticipate. A lot of photographers say, can I please rent your space? I want to do a photo shoot. And then somebody else will say, hey, can I rent your space? I want to do a conference. We did not anticipate conferences, for example. Pricing-wise, we thought one price was going to be the way to go. Not true at all. We had to pivot and change the pricing scheme. We started out with a lot of assumptions, and they were proven wrong, and we quickly had to adapt. Your clients will tell you who you are. That is it. Yeah, they'll tell you your niche, they'll tell you when, you know, when it's working, they'll definitely tell you when it's not happening. <laughs> Here's what has helped me a lot in this stand-up comedy. To let go of your ego, to stop thinking whatever joke you think is funny is funny. No, the audience knows. You work so hard to craft a product, let the market tell you if it's a good product. Right now at Class & Co, what are some of the relationships that are instrumental? When you have a people-focused business where you have a lot of the same people coming in and out, you develop relationships with them, of course. I could not anticipate how helpful the members can be and are. Um, I cannot tell you how many times we have had event planners say, hey, you know what's a good idea? Have this person, they are great with blank. You have your business partnership and there's definitely some structure and, and best practice there. For yourself as an entrepreneur, in or outside the walls of Class & Co, what are you doing to set the day? You know, stay, to stay sane. Stay sane, recharge, all that good stuff. For me, the biggest piece of advice I can give on practices is the following. Win the morning, you win the day. People say, what is the perfect morning routine? Don't worry about the perfect morning. Just wake up early. Physically, force yourself out of bed. Answer your emails, set the tone for the day. Start little by little. Change your, your routine so that it becomes the normal thing for you to wake up 7, 6.30, whatever, whatever works for you. What I do to stay sane, you must balance working the brain with working the body. Do some laps, work out a little bit, go through walks all the time. I always try to break the routine by doing physical activity because you get burnt out. If you just answer emails all day, eventually, first of all, it's bad for the eyes. Second, you only have so much um, motivation and then you, you, you run out. So getting ahead of the day. Number one. Seeking out opportunity, natural, kind of impromptu physical activity. What if you found is your go-to recharge from a tough day or long day, full week? Here's what I try to do. Have a little vacation every day. Now, vacation doesn't have to mean you go to the beach or go to another country, but treat yourself. So every day, I try to see a friend, a family member, 
a girlfriend to break up the monotony of work home, work home, work home. That is not healthy. Find the time to have a little vacation every day. Reward yourself because the name of the game is not burning out. And guess who knows this? Andy. So when I was being so stressed out and things were not going our way, he forced me, literally forced me by coming to the computer and saying, no, 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 close your email, book a trip right now. I like this guy, Andy. He said, you can burn out here and then make a terrible decision in a week or lose a week, so to speak, but come back recharged. I love the practice of recharging. If it's not accounted for, it's going to become even that much more crucial. So why not bake it in? Have a vision and don't be afraid to take a day off. I'd love to hear about being an employer. How has that been in building a team? Great question. Uh, I'll tell you. Because I was a crappy employee, I know sort of what the signs are of someone that is not happy, of someone that dreads going to work. When people start showing up late, start not putting in that much effort, excuses and stuff, they don't want to be there. When I see those little signals in people that I work with, immediately I know that this isn't working. So the question is, you can burn that bridge, fire that person, get somebody else, retrain them, or you learn from your mistakes and you say, hey, what is the problem? Oftentimes, they're not motivated. They're, for whatever reason, maybe it's a bad fit, that's a different issue, but if it's not a bad fit, motivate them. Give them responsibility. What has worked for me, what has worked in making me a better employee is when managers have said, listen, this account is your account. So same thing with uh, someone that we hired uh, recently to run Class Co, meaning like the management, the the day-to-day management. How do you motivate that person? Well, you say, hey, you're in charge. I'm not going to be here. Tomorrow I'm not coming. Tomorrow it's all you. The point is they become empowered and they think they are in charge. And they are. Great. Then, Then do it. There's a lot of science behind these three things together. Autonomy, mastery, purpose. And I hear that in what you're describing. Purpose is huge. Purpose is the number one thing. If you were to ask me, what is the greatest benefit of having your own business? Purpose. You shared some about what's happening this year, but I'd love to hear more. I'm trying to balance the analytical educational side with more fun events. So we work with SoFar Sounds that they host uh, like concerts at our space every third Thursday. It's very intimate, it's very cozy, it's great. We have uh, film screenings all the time now. We have happy hours coming up. Again, I'm trying to balance the work and play as much as possible. The most important two biggest things that Classico is doing right now is we're looking for a second location uh, because we've done well enough in these six, seven months to have put some money aside. But more importantly, also, uh, the incubator is a big thing that's coming up. So we are starting to uh, field and starting to screen uh, applicants and seeing what kind of businesses we can coach and grow and what kind of support we can give them, what a curriculum for those uh, companies looks like, what kind of classes we can teach them. Our purpose and our goal is to provide quality educational classes, quality events, wonderful 
you know, collaborative uh, incubator venue for, for companies to grow and a top-notch co-working space. Grow your work, grow your company, grow your education. Final few minutes. First, where can listeners find you in Class and Co? And then any words of wisdom? With pleasure. So our Instagram is the main channel that we use at Class and Co. And the website is classandco.work. Or you can just come and say hi. I'm always there. I love it. As far as words of wisdom, I want the listeners to really understand one thing. There are no shortcuts. There is nothing I can tell you that's somehow going to unlock your full potential and all of a sudden everything is going to click. There is no substitute for hard work. You just have to put in the time in and that's it. On my phone, this sentence, success is around the corner. That for me has been pivotal because we've had bad days, meaning you were expecting something, it didn't happen, or you didn't anticipate a cost, you have to pay for it. If you have faith in your business idea, in your business acumen, in your hard work, bad things will happen anyway. But good things will happen because that's just how how this works. So do not stress about the problems you have today. Success is around the corner. So thank you again, Piero. I just so appreciate our conversation today and our relationship. And I really look forward to great success ahead for both Class & Co., for you personally. Thank you for having me. To our listeners, thank you so much for joining us on the topic of Solo But Not Alone. You can find us at trueintent.com or at trueintentnyc.